Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive and Catholic, we have hearts <laughs> that are actually that desire the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Welcome to another edition of Real Presence Live, coming to you from the frigid Near Southside Historic District in downtown Grand Forks. Father James Gross, uh, pleased to be with you here today and joined by a co-pilot, my uh, classmate in ordination, Brother Priest, Father Jason Leffer. Good morning, Father Gross. It is wonderful to be here with you. It's going to be a wonderful show today. We're really looking forward to the conversations that we have uh, on tap as we are concentrating on uh, the good, the true, the beautiful in the practice of our Catholic faith. And first things first, let's go ahead and launch into our program with a prayer, Father. All right. We call to mind that today is the Feast of St. Anthony, not, not the one who finds lost things, but St. Anthony of the Desert and um, his incredible uh, life. Uh, and as, of asceticism and monasticism that he began and his powerful, powerful intercession. And we also call to mind that it is the eve of the uh, pro-life march in Washington, D.C. So as we invoke our Heavenly Father, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, God our Father in Heaven, we praise you, we worship you, we adore you, we glorify you. Father, send your Holy Spirit. Now come, Holy Spirit, Lord, and giver of life into our hearts, our minds, our imaginations, our memories. Lift us, lift us up to the heights of your glory. Help us to be the light in this world and the salt of the earth. We ask all this through Christ our Lord, in the Father, Amen. Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you, Father. And uh, to get a little preview of what's coming up in our show today, let's turn things over to Command Central and Eli, who's with us this morning. Thank you, Father. Here's what's coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. We know about the political efforts to try and protect the unborn, but did you know that there is a specific day of prayer for this effort as well? The Diocese of New Elms, Father Craig Timmerman, will tell us more about this day and why it's important to keep the spiritual battle for life alive. Can a bishop retire? If so, what does retirement look like? How does he even go about it? We'll ask Bishop Paul Swain of the Diocese of Who Falls these questions as he shares his next steps now that he has submitted for retirement. And have you ever wondered why Catholic couples seeking to get married have to wait at least six months before sharing their vows? We've all seen and heard those who tie the knot within a few weeks or even, or even you know, a few months. So is the church behind the times in this? And would changing the requirement lead to more marriages? That's what we'll find out when we visit with the Diocese of Winona Rochester's Bishop John Quinn. That and a whole lot more coming up this morning on Real Presence Live. Father? Thank you very much, Eli. We'll also be getting a check on that weather forecast at the top of next hour. I may not want to listen to what you have to say about that. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I want to listen to what I have to say to that either. <laughs> I, was, I was coming down this morning, and I went to hit the remote start on my car, and the battery in the fob was dead, so oh. I didn't even get to hop in a nice warm car over to the studio. It was oh. sad. Yes, but yes, I have a battery. So. I just couldn't find a tiny screwdriver the, so. these first world problems i know i know <laughs> still i was <Yes>. cold 
<laughs> suffering with the with with the rest of us little people, you know, as you're getting ready today. But uh, we're so grateful that you're here with us, and uh, welcome to all of you who are listening. Whether you are at your workplace, in your vehicle, at home, wherever you may be, we are so grateful that you are uh, that you're tuning in today. So let's launch into our first conversation and uh, talk to our first guest. Uh, joining us from the Diocese of New Ulm, Father Craig Timmerman. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. It's wonderful to hear from you. First of all, if you could just orient us, Father Craig, what is your current assignment and which uh, communities you, you are serving? Sure, yes. I am a pastor of an, uh, the Good Teacher Area of Faith Community, which is a cluster of parishes out here on the other side of Marshall, Minnesota. I live in Minneota. And I cover uh, five different uh, parishes, Ghent, St. Eloy, St. Edward here in Minneota, St. Leo, and then there's St. Peter in Canby, and then St. James up in Dawson. And there's a couple other priests that work together with me here. Ah, uh, okay. I was just about to say that you have a lot of time on your hands there, you know, with all the parishes. Yes. I've heard of bi-location, but I've never heard of uh, Quint... Padre Pio and I have become very close. <laughs> there we go. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and then I also help with vocations at our diocese. I'm the assistant director of vocations with Father Matt Waring. Very director, good. So. Well, and, uh, Father Father Timmerman, we're we're on the eve of this uh, pro life march in Washington D.C. Now, how about you know this thought occurred to me. So, Father Gross, I know I've been to the march about four or five times. In my priesthood and seminarian life how about yourself twice twice and now father timmerman have you have you been there as well no i've gone to the one up in uh st paul many times but i've never been to the one out in washington dc you know i asked that question because i think this this is something that has affected almost all of us catholics you know in, in a certain way either directly or kind of kind of indirectly what why why is this event so popular or you know why is it affecting so many people you know, I think one of the things I often think of uh, when I think of abortion in our society, 60 million aborted babies since Roe versus Wade. But what hits me, too, is that it's not just the babies. There's the mothers, there's the fathers, there's the grandparents, there's all the people of that, you know, whole generation that uh, are affected by this. So there's really a whole moral fabric of our society that is affected on a much deeper level than even just the basic, there would be that many, many more people around us, you know? Um, so I think people really get it, like, no, like, this is a life. This is a human life that we're killing in the womb, and we need to stand up and protect that. It affects all of us. Mm -hmm. So many of us, uh, Father, who have uh, been to uh, D.C., at least in recent years, have seen the sea of humanity, all of the buses that uh, descend upon the city and, and the very large groups and things. What do you think it says about these hundreds of thousands of people taking the time often to travel hundreds, if not thousands, of miles to gather for the March for Life each year? Right. Yeah, I think it... Uh well, first of all, I think I hope that it really shows a message to our government and to our our leaders, especially this year, where Congress has really come back with a very strong pro-abortion agenda as they begin this year. Right? Uh, that there's a whole nation that is saying, "No, we don't want this. We want life protected. Uh, we don't want you to push this agenda on us in this way." You know? Um, I think it also just shows 
that uh, that our country really is pro-life. Um, the majority of people in our country are pro-life. They do not favor abortion. Um, and so I think it's really just showing that out. You know, um, I just I, I was fortunate enough to be at the, the the place where all of our pilgrims from the diocese were gathering as they were doing their final prep and heading out, um, uh, leaving on Monday to to get there to DC, and and I was struck as I look and I saw I'm like oh my gosh look at all these people and so many of them I actually know personally and you realize kind of the you say the universality but the smallness of the Catholic community how we're all we're all connected there and I and it just mm-hmm. struck me everywhere they're coming from and all the incredible resources and effort mm-hmm. and time it takes to coordinate and get all this massive humanity there but uh, unlike Father Gross and myself majority of us can't go or we don't have the ability or so forth uh, to actually get mm-hmm. there um, how about those of us who remain at home you know as this is the eve of the march and tomorrow is the the big march what what kind of things could or should we be doing in union with those who are making the sacrifice. Yeah, right. Um, so actually, the bishops a number of years ago started a day on Roe versus Wade. So the actual day of Roe versus Wade is next week on the 22nd of January. Um, so they do this march, you know, on the, the weekend before just to be able to accommodate people's lives and stuff, right? But the actual day of Roe versus Wade is January 22nd. And that day is a special day of prayer for the legal protection of unborn children. And so they've asked that really everybody in the whole country, that all Catholics would take that day as a day of penance, uh, a day to offer up in reparation for the sins against human life that have been committed, for the harm that that's caused, and praying really for, uh, I guess, just asking the Lord in mercy, like to his sacred heart, to make up for those sins, to repair them, to redeem it, uh, as well as to bring about a new culture of life within our society. And so I think what practical things can people do for that? I mean, pray, absolutely. Just try to go to Mass that day, if at all you can. You'll, you'll see the priest is wearing purple instead of the normal. Or no, I think it's white for the gift of human life that day, if I remember right. But just a special attempt to go to Mass that day, maybe go to adoration, maybe pray a rosary with your family and your kids, really teach them about the importance of the beauty of uh, babies and new life. Uh, maybe offer up some fasting that day. Uh, many people have their, there's no like required fasting for meat or anything for that day, but you can just choose what you would like to fast from. Maybe you do give up meat, or maybe you give up coffee, maybe you eat only one meal that day. You know, just different fastings you can do, and then, as well as some sort of almsgiving, some work of mercy. That how can I reach out, especially maybe in honor of life thinking well those who are most vulnerable is there some elderly that i can go visit and respect is there someone who just needs a little help and i can do that shop for their groceries for them or is there someone who's pregnant the woman that i know that i can just give a special card and encouragement or a phone call that day uh, to thank her for what she's doing just to let her know that she's thought of and in uh, the gift of the life she's carrying you know we can remember both the corporal and spiritual works of mercy uh, when we reach out and 
and uh, observe uh, uh, January 22nd each year. Uh, for those who are just joining us here on Real Presence Live, we are speaking with Father Craig Timmerman from the uh, Good Teacher Area Faith Community in the Diocese of New Ulm about the uh, influence of the March for Life and uh, the uh, upcoming uh, observance of the uh, sad anniversary of the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court decision. We were talking about how on the 22nd of January, the bishops in the United States recommend to us a day of prayer for the protection of uh, life in the womb, uh, perhaps treating it something like West, uh, Ash Wednesday or Good Friday with regard to uh, mm -hmm. extra steps of prayer and, and fasting, things like that. Now, you know, 1973, was uh, the year of the decision, uh, incidentally, the same year in which I was born. Uh, we've been fighting this battle now uh, coming up uh, 46 years. Uh, why persevere? Why keep going uh, when it, it can be very discouraging to people how many years have passed already? Mm -hmm. Great. I think the biggest reason is because the truth will win in the end. Like, Jesus Christ is victorious. <laughs> you know, um, science continues to improve, it continues to go, and people are starting to get it. Like, we're actually, there's just been a blindness in people. To try to say that this baby in the womb is not a baby, just isn't working anymore. And people realize it, they know it. And so, I think that, that, that over these years, that that has continued to build and to grow, and you have a generation coming up that, that they recognize that, no, like, if you can have this baby at 30 weeks in the hospital and it's viable and lives, how can you be killing it in the womb? Like, just not, this isn't, you know, doesn't make any sense. So I think that we're actually winning the battle. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, money, a lot of things against it. So you have to keep fighting. You have to keep going. You have to keep uh, encouraging the legislators to keep going and, uh, and praying. Just the power of the prayer of 400,000 people gathered together praying <coughs> God to help us with life. You know? so, so, yeah, I think that's great progress, great things happening father timmer and this this is father leffer say so, you know you were you're you're talking there about a, a day of you know penance and i and as i was listening to you kind of describe different things were that it just kind of was echoing in my mind like you know this day of penance so we don't we we really don't hear that much any anymore in the church or just in a and kind of in our vocabulary and especially i was just working with the youth last night and and you know, I, I can say something like that, and they just blink at me, and they it, there's no real understanding of of mm -hmm. it. And <laughs> one of the things I, you know, I mentioned, you know, to them about giving up technology, or give, I mean, you really get their right. attention when you say, "Well, could you fast a whole day from your your smartphone or from your iPad or your your video game?" I mean, they they just look at you in absolute utter disbelief. You know, like how could that be possible? You say, well, how about an hour? You know, or well, nope. so I was just I was just sitting here thinking, like, as you're describing these numbers, four hundred thousand and a day of penance, and but how do you think it affects God? If if say all of us who are pro life at the, on the same day, the same hour, mm -hmm. we either appeal to Him through prayer or some act of sacrifice to to get His attention, can, can we really affect God? Can we really make a difference like that? Great question. Now, um, you know what, what hits me first is the, the gospel reading the last few days, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. The first thing that we see God do is that the heart of God is moved to draw close to those who are suffering. 
to draw close to those who need healing, to draw close to those who are uh, in any way poor, down, or whatever. And so that's just his heart. And so when we come, everybody all together praying and pleading and saying, Lord, come save us, come help us, uh, look at this unborn life that is being destroyed in the womb that needs your protection. Uh, it's his first impulse. That's what Jesus shows us when he became incarnate, came down to earth, is to draw close to those who need him. And so, yeah, I think that cry must move the heart of God tremendously. And whenever Jesus' heart it says in the gospel that his heart was moved with pity, look out, because something big was going to happen. <laughs> you know, feed yeah. the 5,000 or something, right? Mm-hmm. And just uh, in the few moments that we have left with you, Father, here, as we are looking, practically speaking, this weekend, what kinds of things uh, can or perhaps uh, are you, for example, doing in your local setting of your parish communities to uh, invite people to pray for this intention of the protection of human life? Sure. Um, I think you definitely want to just pray for it at the Masses this weekend, put it in the petitions. I think we had it already last week. We'll have it again this week. Uh, encouraging our people to take that day of prayer for protection of unborn life and really offer something for that. Um, encourage people to uh, pray the rosary that day. Um, we talk to our youth, you know, and just really encourage them to remember that day. Uh, our Catholic schools, there's two of them here. A lot of times this week they'll have kind of those models of unborn life come in, you know, and they can look at them and see, oh, look at the baby in the womb, you know things like that that are just uh, really helpful to encourage pro-life again. All great pieces of advice for us. Father Craig Timmerman, thank you so much for being with us. Blessings to you and your ministry. Always a, a pleasure. Thank you, guys. God bless. You're very welcome. Thanks for your time. Well, it's time for our first break of the morning, but stay with us because when we return on Real Presence Live, it's your chance to ring in with questions for us during our Straight Talk segment. Plus, we'll have a live update from those on their way right now to the March for Life in Washington, D.C. That and much more after the break, whether you're listening live or to the podcast, on the Real Presence Radio Network, online, and on our app. Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross, please uh, stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi everyone, Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network, inviting you on the Real Presence Radio Northern California Mission Pilgrimage, April 4th through 9th, 2019. We will visit some of the missions of St. Junipero Serra, the wine country of the Sonoma Valley, and sites of San Francisco. We'll be staying at a beautiful retreat center with easy day trips to the sites. Cost based on double occupancy is $1,936, or if you want to get your own flight, it's $1,358. For more information, please call 877-795-0122. People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. 
We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and good friends. At Riverview, you can enjoy all these wonderful things. But it is the friendship and sense of community here that makes Riverview home. We share stories, laughter, smiles, and our Catholic faith. Try us out with a mini-vacation or join us for Mass five days a week. You can contact Kelly for a tour at 701-237-4700 and online at homeishere.org. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Real Presence Live, it's Straight Talk from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. You're addressing critical Catholic issues in a fun way. Straight Talk is your opportunity to share questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. My question is... I have some questions about the bishop. Very good questions. Thanks for the guidance. Straight Talk, 9.30 to 10 Central, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Real Presence Live. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Jason Leffer with Father Jim Gross here. And we are, we're in Command Central here at uh, St. Mary's, the studio in St. Mary's Grand Forks, North Dakota, looking out at the zero degrees outside, thinking of all those, those marchers in Washington, D.C. We're supposed to be 45 degrees Partly sunny, partly cloudy tomorrow. That sounds wonderful. We want blessings upon all of them. We're about to hear from a couple of the pilgrims who are on their way out there. Maybe they're there. Hopefully they're there already. But before we do that, we want to remind you, in 10 minutes, okay, get your speed dials ready, get your phones ready. In 10 minutes, there's going to be straight talk with Father uh, James Gross and myself. And we'll give you that number. It's 877-795-0122. 0122. Now, this is Father Gross and my, our first time together. We're doing this, and Brandon says that those Waltz brothers, those priest brothers on Bismarck, hold the record for like the most interesting call in segment and so forth. So, we want to rival those guys. Challenge accepted. And we can't do it without your help. So, remember that number 877 795 0122. We can also chime in on Facebook, on our Facebook page, if you want to submit questions that way. There are a couple of different platforms you can use, and we really look forward to visiting with you and uh, trying to get us stumped here. So uh, in our previous segment, we were talking about the upcoming March for Life in Washington, D.C., which will be kicking off tomorrow. There are preliminary events that are happening there as well, and uh, we were anticipating all the folks who are making their way to D.C. to be a part of this event, and we have two of them on the line with us right now from the University of Mary, Jose Jimenez. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi, uh, nice to be here. <laughs> and we also have from Ron Colley High School in Aberdeen, South Dakota, Gemini Cantaloupe. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi. It's great to have you both with us. Uh, and Jose, let's begin with you. Um, you're with traveling with the University of Mary. Um, how's the trip going so far? Oh, it's going great. Uh, we just drove past Chicago about an hour ago, and we're going to make a pit stop in Notre Dame for Mass. Have you been driving through the night, Jose? Yeah, we have been. We should have arrived tonight around 11. Okay, so you've got a few hundred miles ahead of you, and uh, the weather's looking okay so far? Yeah, it's looking great. Uh, There's some snow on the ground, but it's not snowing right now, so it's Mm -hmm. looking really good. Yeah, there is a little bit of concern about some uh, wintry conditions on the weekend uh, coming back through. We'll pray that everybody stays safe. 
Now, yeah, this, you so is your, this is your second march, and your first one was a couple of years ago when the University of Mary led the March for Life. Can you just uh, go back with us and share memories of what that experience was like for you? Yeah. Um, yeah, leading the march, it was my first march. It was just a beautiful experience to um, be up in front and, and seeing all the youth, all the beautiful faces around me filled with joy and with love for this um, beautiful cause that we need to keep fighting for. And it was just a, a moment of, like a Holy Spirit-filled moment where it was hey. just beauty and awe. Uh... Jose, on, when you were out there on that front, could you could you actually feel like the, there's a spiritual battle? I mean, you guys are kind of like the the wedge walking walking down the street there heading i mean could you feel that or was there was it a spiritual experience like that yeah i would say it was because really this is what this is just a a true fight the greatest fight we can fight right now is this um and yeah and then gemini you're you're traveling with aberdeen Roncalli. is this your first march um no this will be my second i went last year Okay, and what what can you share with us from your experience from last year, and what are you looking forward to this year on your return? Well, last year, I didn't really like. I like just heard about it last year, and I was really like inspired to go. And being there with all the people, it just inspired me to go again. Like going there and seeing everyone marching together, protesting the Roe versus Wade, really like sets your heart on fire. It like makes you realize that all these people like are against it mm-hmm. and uh how, how far along are you guys on your on your trip have you already arrived in dc gemini no we are just stopping in pennsylvania right now okay and uh are you planning to uh participate in an evening event once you get there or are you just kind of hunkering down yeah, we're going to go to the Life is Very Good rally once we get there. In uh, the Diocese of Arlington, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, at uh, George Mason University. Uh, when I was able to go a couple of years ago, Mark Hart, the Bible geek, was the uh, uh, keynote speaker, and uh, there were several thousand people available there uh, participating and praying with Eucharistic Adoration and various other things. So that that's one thing that's really expanded of... Uh, pre-events, you might say, on the morning of the day of the march and then the night before for all the people who are coming into town. So uh, both Gemini and Jose, well, let's start with Gemini. If if you had the ear of, let's say, the Supreme Court justices, Congress, the president, and it, and it doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, independent, right? What 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 would you tell them? Why, what would you say to them to say, about this whole issue about life and why why it's so important that we change the culture in our nation? Well, first of all, I think that, like, all life is important, especially taking the life of someone who's so innocent. I don't understand how people can think that it's not a life in general, so I'd probably basically focus my points on that. And, Jose, what, what would you say if you, you could get their ear and, and just, you know, have... 30 seconds of their time what would you tell them i would i would ask them to open their eyes and see the reality that's in front of them um pope benedict the 16th in a book we were just reading for class uh makes that a real argument for 
the right to life and how the fetus in the womb is a true living being. And if we open our eyes, we're going to see that and we're going to realize that. And, uh, Jose, there are a lot of people who are... um uh, hoping perhaps one day to be able to participate in the March for Life, but are not able to be there this year or haven't been there before. Uh, what would you share? What What's kind of the first thing that comes to your mind to share about the importance of being present at an event like the March for Life? I, I would say the big importance about that is it makes her voice much bigger, and that's what we're really trying to do is make her voice heard, especially with the media that's leans more towards the other way and mm-hmm. and our, vo- our voices have, haven't been heard as well it, it's getting better but I think that'd be the big reason to really stand up and continue this fight this spiritual fight and uh, Jim and I I guess the same question for you what would you tell those who have not had the opportunity to be there about um, what it is like to be present uh, with all of the other people who are congregating there at the March for Life? Well, being like a Christian, it's surprising to see like how all of the religions are there. Like there's atheists, there's like a whole variety. So it's different to see that like we're not the only ones like fighting the cause. I think it's a real eye-opener seeing that there's a bunch of like different differentiation between all the people. Jose, what what difference has this experience made in your life or your circle of influence? Sorry, what was that? What difference has this experience made in your life or in the circle of influence that you have in life? Uh, who are the people who influence me? Or, or no, no, just just like um, by going on this pilgrimage and then coming back, all those people that you talk to in your life at the university, mm. how, how has this made a difference? How has it changed anything? Um, it's made me more conscious of, of how they feel about this topic and um, helping them truly realize that there's a real life in the womb, especially those that are pro-choice in my life. Um and sharing that experience with them is a, is a big deal. Great. Well, Jose Jimenez and Gemini Cantaloupe, thank you very much for taking time to visit with us today, and uh, blessings and safe travels in this March this year. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Uh, tomorrow, uh, on Friday the... Um, uh, Friday the 18th, we will be covering uh, the March for Life in Washington, D.C. from 8.20 to 11.30 a.m. And in the breaks between coverage, we'll have interviews from several of our listening areas with local people who are in Washington, D.C., preparing for the march in the afternoon. Be sure to tune in. There it is. We okay. So that's our signal, Father Gross. We we've now we're excited about this new segment that we have on Real Presence Live. It's called Straight Talk, and it's all of you, you listeners who are on right now. It's your opportunity to share your questions, your comments, your concerns, your topics relating to the faith or things happening in the world around us, local or universal, uh, with with our, your hosts here, Father Gross and Father Leffer. Now, um, we just heard that sound effect, so it means you should be speed dialing right now, 
877-795-0122. I can hear the phones ringing in the background, Father Gross. Hopefully this is real, right? <laughs> that is a good sign, yes. <laughs> we also have um, an opportunity to uh, post your questions on our Facebook page, and we'd be uh, happy to uh, respond to either of those formats. And this is really important for us because we like to have an interactive time with our listeners. We know that there are times when, let's say, you've been... You've been um, listening to a, a program on uh, Real Presence Radio and something has come up and you have a lingering question about what has been mentioned or perhaps something that's come up in uh, the liturgy and the church here that you've always been wondering about and you don't quite understand. Um, also, when it comes to current events, uh, the, the church always has a, a position, uh, you know, to uh, to weigh in with regard to those things. And whatever the case may be, we very much look forward to hearing from you and uh, uh, taking your best shot to try to stump uh, stump either or both of us. Okay, so we're waiting for that that call that just came in. We'll find out who that is in here in a second. I have a carryover from from the last program. There's a gentleman. He didn't get on the air, but he left his question, and so maybe he's even listening right now. And so. It was in regard to the scripture passage. It was Isaiah 45, 7. And if you go to Isaiah 45, 7, it speaks, and it, it talks, it's a descriptor, and it's telling that God creates all things. and says he creates the heavens and the earth and the world and so forth. And then the last part of it says, and, and depending on, on uh, which translation you read, but it says, and he created evil. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that the gentleman's question was in regard, does God really create evil? And so um, I had some time, went and did a little research on this. Well, you know, we read scripture in context. And so if you look at the context, it's, it's about the, the Babylonian exile and how God is raising up a, a pagan king. His name is King Cyrus. And he's, and he's going to use King Cyrus. And some of the church fathers even called him the anointed one. And he doesn't even know Yahweh. He doesn't even know the true God. And, and it's a descriptor there. And it's, and it's descript- so what it's saying is, not that not that God creates evil because well evil can't be evil literally means the absence of God so it's not like God can create the absence of God but if you go there and you read the context it says uh, maybe a better translation would be he he created woe meaning uh, hardship or or, or suffering uh, 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 upon people or upon the earth or kind of a thing and if you and if you look at the context of this the the woe that God creates or allows to happen does two things one it draws his people the chosen people their attention back to him to their need for him the second thing that it does is it gets the attention of king cyrus god inspires king cyrus then through woe to send god's chosen people back to the promised land and so if you look at it in the context it's a very specific thing that it's talking about that basically god allows the consequence of our sins, he allows that, that, that woe, that destruction, the affliction for us to turn back to him, our hearts back to him, and then, so he, basically he can be our savior. He can, in relationship with him, he'll lift us up out of that woe back into uh, the promised land. So I'm, I'm hoping that, um, that that is sufficient 
an answer for our gentleman who's asking yes. about Isaiah 45.7. Thank you very much, Father Leffer. The uh, book of Isaiah stretches through several generations and is uh, very influential, especially in the Sunday readings. Many a Sunday we hear the first reading from the prophet Isaiah. And it looks like we have someone who uh, is familiar with your neck of the woods. Uh, Francis uh, is calling on the line from Pizek. Uh, good morning and welcome to Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. Uh, morning. Yeah, what's your question for us? Well, that's more of a comment than a question. Uh, okay. A more in a minute. I did write it down. Okay. Um, it's basically with the Right to Life march taking place in Washington, D.C. shortly, kind of find it astonishing that our country has and is spending millions and billions of dollars to explore space to see if they can find life out in the universe. And while doing that, our country and so many are so okay with spending a couple hundred bucks to snuff out life any chance they get and to claim it's not really a life. Over 60 million lives snuffed out, and yet the media will spend hours excited about the prospect of all life in our universe, and over the last four decades can't even spend one minute covering the March for Life march that takes place every year. I've written the media numerous times about this, but they don't care. Uh, there's only one other thing other than prayer that I think can change all this making donations to pro-life across America, the billboard people. The media is constantly throwing out the Nazi term about our current president. Are they that ignorant to see who the real Nazis really are? Apparently they don't ever look in a mirror. Uh, that's my comment. Thank you. Francis, th thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. I can, and, um, I can tell by the, the just the emotion in your voice how passionate you, you feel about this. And and uh, I am familiar with you and your family, and I know just just how dedicated, especially your mom, was just a light in the darkness for uh, for this cause. And uh, so, thank you for bringing this to our attention. It's, it's a very powerful point that you have made here about this. And Father Gross, you've you've been with the media and background in your life and so forth. What 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 triggers in your mind here? Yeah, I think about the 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 propaganda and, and the focus and just the the militant stance of wanting to make such a significant event disappear, you know, in terms of the hundreds of thousands of people who are um, you know, gathering in Washington DC and how there just isn't even a whisper about this. In fact, a couple of years ago, um, the uh, I think the media felt compelled to give some coverage with Vice President Pence, you know, speaking on site at the rally before the march began. Um, one of the things that comes to my mind about this is that, uh, yes, definitely with uh, the billboards and, and the great work that Pro-Life Across America is doing, you know, that that's an important thing to do. It, it, it just is, you know, sad, just the, the, the slavish commitment, you might say, on the part of those, you know, with, with the culture of death just trying to, you know, manipulate things. And that's why uh, various alternate forms of media, such as EWTN and Catholic Radio, are so important, you know, to stand out, uh, not only with regard to what's happening tomorrow in D.C., but uh, next Saturday, um, the 20. Uh, 6th, there is the uh, Walk for Life West Coast in San Francisco. And uh, I haven't been there personally myself, but I can just imagine the, the virulent nature of counter-protesters, you know, in, in, there in the Bay Area and the, the, the admirable courage, uh, the fortitude of those who choose to participate, you know, in that public way. I, I know from a personal experience, the times that I've been um, on the march itself in in DC, I, I'm thinking particularly this one. It was one of the the big anniversaries. I can't remember if it was the 30th or 35th, but it was one of those kind of 
big anniversaries, so more people tend to come out on those. And it was, I mean, we we were up towards a million people watching marching Washington D.C. And so, you know, everybody was excited to see what the the news media was going to say about it. You know, because this massive onslaught of people into the nation's capital and. <laughs> and that night on the, the the national news, there was like a, a thirty second uh, shot of it. They didn't show any of the pro life people, but they showed like the ten. There's like about ten people right. counter protesting, and and they had them on for the whole thirty second shot. So it, yeah. it it kind of exposes you know maybe where the media their position on this issue and why on, on saturday um, along the same route in dc there's going to be this women's march which is just flaming out and lo- losing support and sponsorship you know day by day but you can almost bet that on the evening newscasts for the major networks there's going to be ample coverage of whatever that happens to be but you know hardly even a few seconds one last thing i wanted to say you know with all due respect to the point that francis was making i think there's sort of a both and you you know, in terms of the church, we are respectful of scientific inquiry and progress, you know, with regard to the fields of astronomy. There are just tremendous things that we are continuing to learn uh, year by year with, uh, you know, Hel- uh, the Hubble telescope and various other things, um, you know, in our uh, NASA uh, department. And so, you know, not to diminish that, uh, you know, that, that legitimate scholarship, but yes, definitely there is propaganda in the works there, I would say, with uh, uh, wanting to you know highlight those things but being so cheap you might say with regard to what is of such um, inestimable value of life in the womb you know and, and that brings up the point to actually this year the theme for the March for life is you know life with science or through science or in in science and and it it we need to highlight the fact that it it's the basically it was the Catholic Church, the university system, the, the, the scientists were, it comes from our faith because we're not afraid of knowledge. We're not afraid of philosophy. We're not afraid of the human person. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid of all sciences because we, we believe it all flows from truth. And, and so then if we dig into science, it's going to do nothing but verify that life is true. It's good. Yes. It's, it's beautiful. And, and we should be supporting it, whether we find it in outer space or here on earth right you're listening to our straight talk segment here on real presence live 877-795-0122 is the number to call we'd love to hear from you father jason leffer joining me father james gross here in grand forks 877-795-0122 we also have the opportunity to submit questions on facebook and we appreciate all of those who follow uh, real presence radio on social media and we are looking forward to hearing from you so how about uh, as we're waiting here, let's we're going to go ahead and take a, a, a topic um, that that's been submitted here. And, and this this one I want to look at, it's um, it's in regard to uh, the death penalty because we're dealing with life issues here. And it's a real life situation that happened in November in St. Louis. Now, yeah, where, where you had studied in the seminar. Well, it's even more personal for me than that. So I was actually in St. Louis at the time when this happened. Oh. I was down there. I had, my spinal surgery was going on. And where this took place now there's a it's called catholic supply and that's for four years where we would go as seminarians to get all of our liturgical items and our clerics and all this kind of stuff and so i'm there with my good friend father steve and we we, we were there and this is just a couple of days before my surgery is going to happen and and the, the news came out and and there's this this man um and he he walked into uh the religious goods store and um 
and he, he, he checked, he scouted the place out, he went back outside, came back in with a handgun, and, um, and he took, there's three women who are in the store, and, and he forced them in the back room, and, uh, and basically was holding them at gunpoint, and, and demanding that they do uh, inappropriate sexual acts, and so forth. The one woman said, no, I will not. I refused. She was, she was 53, the mother of three children, and he proceeded to execute her on the spot. And then the, the other two, um, he, he, he did rape and did these horrible crimes. Well, uh, he was caught two days later. They arrested him. Now, wh so what's going on here, and this brings up uh, like an issue, because immediately, even as I'm describing this, I can feel the passion rising in me and like wanting justice, right? You, you want justice. And, and so it's interesting because the, um, uh, I believe it's the husband of, of the woman who, who was killed. Now, he came out and said, uh, Missouri does have the death penalty in Missouri, and he said he does not want the death penalty for this man who, who committed these atrocious acts and crimes. Now, I would like to say it's for an altruistic reason, but his reasoning was he wants the man to suffer. He thinks the death penalty is too good for him. He wants him for the rest of his life to be forced to think about what he's done and so forth. Now, I believe the prosecutor said he's not going to seek the death penalty, and he doesn't give his reason. Um, but that opens up an interesting topic here. We're talking about life on all ends of the spectrum, right? And so here, here's the death penalty issue. What, what, so yeah. what thoughts are triggered in you, Father Gross, as you hear this story? Well, well, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the role of capital punishment in the world with uh, the amendation that Pope Francis made recently to a paragraph in the Catechism of the Catholic Church regarding uh, you know, the death penalty and uh, calling for uh, almost categorically the abolition of it throughout the world. What I learned in the seminary, and I think a part of this is echoed by the teachings of Thomas Aquinas and the uh, the Scholastic Times, is that the allowance of Catholic uh, the, the allowance of Catholic uh, of capital punishment would be analogous to like uh, an illness or a cancer that would have to be rooted out for the sake of the well-being of the community. For example, if there was not a suitable means of incarceration, if there was a vulnerability of the population to the person and the uh, evil deeds that they are plotting to perform, or if there's, you know, corruption within the the criminal justice system, which is a whole other issue, you know, that we can take up, but you know the understanding was that there was there, there were those narrow exceptions and i guess i would say that uh virtually you know in in developed countries virtually everywhere most of those concerns have have been addressed very uh, satisfactorily there may be parts of the world where you know there there might be recourse to uh, capital punishment in some form but the Holy Father, at least from what I'm hearing, is calling people of goodwill, whether Christians or not, to regard the resort to the death penalty as something that is, you know, um, if not uh, unthinkable, you know, virtually uh, unworkable or, you know, really having no place in, in an enlightened society. And I do know, too, this touches on, the you know, the whole just war theory and all this, which is a mm -hmm. fancy way of saying as Christians, you, you you do have the right to defend yourself against an unjust aggressor who, who's coming, whether it's... Stand your ground or exactly, things like that. Whether yeah. it's personal, whether it's community-wise, state-wise, national or international, that, that you, you have the right to defend yourself against an unjust aggressor. And so, so then the question becomes, well, this person who's incarcerated, 
are they any longer an unjust aggressor at that yeah. point and so forth so uh, it, this does t- how about on the emotional level though like yeah. let's give out the number mm-hmm. uh 877-795-0122 please call in 877-795-0122 uh, how about on the emotional yeah. level father gross like the, how does it impact when you hear right. these stories or just on that i'm thinking of this husband of the wife how about yeah. her children yeah you know i i think it's dangerous for us to try to take on that personage you might say of somebody who is a victim of you know such a heinous crime who had a loved one who was um, you know brutally uh, murdered or or raped or whatever but I guess what the church would say is that you know this um, thirst for vengeance can diminish not only the humanity of the other person but our own humanity that always and everywhere we should leave the door open whether the other person is willing to accept this or not we should leave the door open for um for for mercy for conversion for reconciliation that you know if at all possible uh, an atmosphere of rehabilitation should be provided to somebody uh, so that uh, you know they can uh, recapture a sense of what a relationship with God means and I know there's a certain periodical to which I subscribe that uh, tries to fund issues of that magazine being sent to people who are in prison and almost every month there are letters to the editor from inmates uh, in these correctional facilities saying thank you very much for this and even though I recognize the the evil of what I've done and the justice being meted out for me you know being uh, imprisoned on the other hand you know this is really giving me hope that I don't just have to be defined by these monstrous mistakes that you know God has a, a plan for me for even me you know to live a life of holiness and to uh, and to experience conversion of heart again that number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two please join father gross and myself father Leffer, live on air um for a conversation you know and that touches on too like that you know i don't know about you but i i've had to struggle with this my whole life is on the cross jesus says or before the cross but on the cross love your enemies forgive your father forgive them they know not what they're doing yeah and, and i tell you when you get in these real life situations when the the rubber hits the road mm-hmm. it really and so there's this opportunity and, and they've done these studies where yeah. if there's unforgiveness in the heart it doesn't hurt the other person it destroys yeah. you it also haunts me when he says if you love those who love you what credit is that to you don't Yikes. tax collectors do <laughs> the same thing so there is a higher standard to which, <laughs> which we are called which i always want to respond throw us a bone lord throw us a bone. <laughs> Yeah, there's not much wiggle room there. We do have another call. Uh, ben is calling from Bismarck. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi, thank you. I'm a first-time caller. Well, it's so great to have you with us. Uh, what's your question? Uh, my question was kind of in, in relation to um, the, the issues of, of pro-life. Um, and there, there's another real major issue that uh, gentlemen like Matt Fratt are, are fighting, and that, that's uh, pornography and how that uh, um, people get tied into to sex trafficking and, and how that might um, you know lead to to abortions and this, so this this real problem that we have um, in our nation with, with um, pornography how uh, do you do you think that that would ever be a fight to to make illegal because it with new science about how it affects men and women and and uh, uh, with the studies of psychology, mm-hmm. uh, what are your comments there? 
Oh yeah, Ben, boy, you this you're you're, you're hitting this right on the on the head. You know, th this is such an important topic that our, our bishop, Bishop uh, John Folda, has declared in March. We have a, a Sunday dedicated to this issue. That he Safe wants, Haven Sunday. That he yeah. wants all the priests to dress from the pulpit, and in regard to the family, to help the family understand, to begin to understand how to deal with this. And, it, and I'd say from a a priestly perspective, even in the last ten years, how how the people I am dealing with have been changed radically based on technology just in the last 10 years with this issue. I'd say uh, 10 years ago, I'd say maybe, uh, I'd say 50% of men were had some kind of issue with this or struggling and maybe 25% of women. And now I think it's all the way up to like 80% men and 50% women. It's, it's not just a male only thing. And, and they've done all kinds mm -hmm. of uh, studies here about how it changes the chemistry of the brain. It changes, uh, they, they say it's more addictive than crack cocaine. You know, it, it literally changes yep. and, the, the, and the brain literally demands uh, to be fed these, these uh, release of endorphins and other things that happen when pornography is viewed. The, the other thing you're, you're facing into is this pornography industry. I mean, it's, it's hundreds of billions of dollars. And how, how are you yeah. going to, how are you going to fight a giant like that just on a practical level? Okay. So coming to the life issue, which is at the heart of your question, and it, it, this, this radically transforms, let's just start with the person who's viewing it. It radically transforms that person. It diminishes their human dignity. It diminishes their, their image and likeness of God in the sense of how, what they were created to be and to become. They, they enter into, into isolation, into loneliness, into depression into darkness. Uh, Pope, Pope John Paul II, in this beautiful line, he said, the, the problem with pornography is not that you see too much. Uh, um, it like reveals too, much, too little. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you literally, you, you don't see too much, you see too little of the person, mm -hmm. right? And so that's at the, yeah. uh, basically we're turning human beings, whether it's women, children, or others, in, into the objects uh, of pleasure, and then people who are affected this way in deep ways then they start acting out to this and it changes the moral fabric and that's where it leads directly into into issues like human trafficking of women uh, and and children and so there there there's a, a deep darkness here and and the evil one boy he he is just reaping um in in this area and it's it's at the at the front on the battle line of of the pro-life cause definitely yeah a couple of things that i was thinking about and yes again ben thank you very much for bringing up this uh, this topic and and this question um one of the big problems in the culture in which we live is that so many people claim that consent is the greatest virtue you know if i want to do it if you want to do it if you're not physically inflicting injury upon somebody well hey you know uh katie bar the door let's you know let's do it that sort of thing and that's that's so antithetical to an understanding of the exercise of freedom and uh, the dignity of the human person um so we need to continually speak about the uh the the, the harm of unchastity uh, in the heart, and that it leads to an objectification um, of uh, you know of the opposite sex and and various other things like that. We've been hearing in the last few months about the Me Too movement and about uh, you know women stepping up in various industries and saying, "Listen, it is not okay to demand you know sexual favors and that sort of thing in order to promote our careers and and that sort of thing." 
if there would be uh you know a more concentrated effort to uh aim the guns you might say at pornography as a tool you know to really to you know that that really exploits that you know there'd be a big uh, there'd be a big difference there uh, again that number is 8777950122 we want to thank uh, Ben from Bismarck for uh this very timely uh a topic that that he has he has brought up here the um Okay, life issues. Here, here, here's another one um, that's currently going on, and it's it's this uh, civil war that's taking place in the Sudan, mm-hmm. where they they say there's uh, over four hundred thousand people have died directly because of this, and there's uh, many more millions who who are impacted into poverty and um, dislocation and and all kinds of just horrible things that are going on. Um, this reminds me when when I was younger and I wasn't ordained yet. I did some traveling in the world and I, I got involved in in uh, Croatia and um, Sarajevo and different places like that where there was a civil war going on. And again, that civil war was it was religiously motivated. You had issues between Catholics, Orthodox, and Muslims. Um, at the same time, that was when the Rwanda genocide was going on. Mm-hmm. And tragically, to me, the thing was so horrible about that one, it was literally Catholics killing Catholics. It was two different ethnic tribes. They were all Catholics, but they were they were in hatred. They were killing each other. And yeah. and tragically, even, even priests got involved with that one, and bishops. I mean, it was just when, mm-hmm. when evil gets in the heart. This the, the Sudan conflict here, at the heart of it, really is is between Muslims and Christians, mainly Catholics. Mm-hmm. Again... Um, and the struggle for power and control and it, it just brings to mind how you know we're we're willing to destroy one another i mean and this is where i mean apart from knowing christ and his his message of recognizing the dignity of the human person even if that person completely disagrees or is contrary or whatever but right how do we make room for one another father gross how do we make room on this earth for all of us in the image and likeness of God. Yeah, yeah, that that's really what it comes down to. The secession of South Sudan, South Sudan into uh, its own country was something that was hopefully going to become a remedy, but there is still that evil in the heart, you know, that that's manifesting itself and wherever we see these these things breaking out um, I guess it can be easy to isolate ourselves in a sense and say, well, it's some you know, uh, remote part of the world that we we hardly ever think of. But I think it's important for us to really put flesh on that um, almost uh, cliche of praying for peace in the world. You know, what does that mean? That that means, you know, the um, uh, the the. Uh, the the abolition of some of these conflicts and and uh, a regard for one another's common humanity. Yes, there may be much about which you disagree, but each side, you know, there are parents who love their children and and things like that. And and rather than to become uh, ignorant of or callous toward those sorts of things, uh, you know, there's really a call to uh, uh, to to unite ourselves in prayer uh, for peaceful resolutions of those things. I think it's important to give a shout out to organizations such as Catholic Relief Services, who direct Catholics in the United States toward looking at developing nations and and places that are so uh, you know in such a quagmire of conflict, and uh, and how they go about what they're doing 
with regard to um, such a small percentage of administrative costs, you know, very high number of cents on the dollar are going directly toward, you know, helping people in those settings. So I think of that quite often. You know, my, my personal exposure to this was when I was uh, 22, 23, I traveled with a group of Catholic doctors, dentists, and nurses. And we went in into the uh, uh, the Balkan War, the, the the result of it, and these horrible, broken human beings everywhere. And we mainly ministered to Muslims, actually, Muslims who had been affected by the war and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it was like this building bridges after this, you know, this this horror yeah. had been there. So I think ultimately the only solution to this is 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 Christ. You yes. know, and whether it's war on the the baby in the womb or it's civil war amongst man. Mm-hmm. Uh, on earth i mean it, it's that peace of jesus christ between god and man given to us the death the resurrection the this new covenant of jesus christ that's going to be the only thing yeah. that brings peace and resolution to yesterday today and forever the message of christ is the same and is just as important thank you to our callers this morning for our straight talk uh, segment and joining us in the conversation we're going to step away for a couple of minutes but coming up at the beginning of next hour have you ever thought about how or even if a bishop can retire we'll have much more including if the church is behind the times when it comes to marriage fathers gross and leffer with you right after the break 